Hey, this is PJ Souls, and you are totally listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Woohoo! Keep listening. consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that to this day will still wave to the guy riding in the caboose (laughs) my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode the killer car carnage comes to a close as we take the ultimate road trip and talk 1971's duel and whether you pass on the left or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your census hole. <laughs> and meet plain hole. Right. Possibly. Right. I want to listen to that NPR station. That is a weird station. It's a weird morning zoo. It's back when talk radio was all you had yeah. on the AMs. <laughs> you brought in whatever you could. You brought mm-hmm. in whatever you could. I now, guess it was all right with me. <laughs> and if you'd like to peruse a little AM gold with us on social media, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and biscuity shenanigans. And this episode is going to be releasing on Friday, August 26th. If you live in the Kansas City area, just go to screenland.com where you will find they will have your cat shenanigans taken care of indoors, outdoors, and virtually. And the Friday this releases, Genius, mm-hmm. our latest Friday Night Fright is a film I've never seen is a film made by a local filmmaker gone good mm-hmm. and is one that I understand has a really pretty crazy kind of follow-up. Yeah, it's got it's got a really good cast. It's got a... The, the whole horror musical aspect is very underutilized, and I think this is a great example with Repo, the genetic opera. And unfortunately... The bummer is I still will not have seen it. Right. Because this is going to be a rare Friday Night Fright that we won't be present. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little bit weird. Now, don't worry, y'all. Uh, put together a little pre-show trailer reel. And, of course, the last trailer will be next Friday Night's Fright, which we'll get to. But the reason we're not going to be at the Friday Night Fright is we are going to be up in Topeka at the Slash and Bash Horror and Sci-Fi Movie Festival. Ooh, this is going to be fun. I'm very much looking forward to this. Now, this is in Topeka, and if you go to slashandbassfestival.com, you can pick up your tickets, but there are a number of horror genre icons that are going to be there, uh, including a slew of Friday the 13th alumni. Uh, We've got Tracy Savage uh, from Friday the 13th Part 3, mm-hmm. which we recently got to see in 3D. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the great Tom Matthews, Don't Call Me Thom, uh, Fri- Friday the 13th Part 6, and of course... Oh, Return of the Living Dead. Parts 1 and 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You always forget that. He and uh, James Karen show up again. Like, wait, what? It's that, that the weird soft reboot. It's It's odd. interesting. It it's is a odd. little bit odd. But, of course, Tom's got a place in my heart. As well. Oh, well, of course. The one and only Deborah Foreman. Ah, yes. 
to finally talk a little Waxworks is going to be good. But actually, I'll be honest. I'm going to ask her about her role in Destroyer. Uh huh. Because she is straight up wearing a silent Bob outfit with the overcoat and backwards hat. <laughs> I'm going to have to show you a still sometime. It's uncanny. Uh, but then we also have from Friday the 13th Part 5, Deborah Voorhees. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to that. Now we also have some local flavor in town, including Patrick Ray. Yes. Which I love his shit. He's got great shit. Oh, and my boy. Todd Sheets. And we actually had Todd Sheets on to talk uh, City of the Living Dead. Oh, we, I can hear him talk for hours. <laughs> and we will then also have the Todd Sheets players coming in. Uh, Antoine Steele. Uh, we've got uh, Kristen Vaganos. We've got uh, Dylan Harvey. And we've got, let's see here. Oh, and of course, uh, makeup director, director, writer, producer, Jake Jackson. We've got a number of... Of folks that are going to be there. The Horror Club is going to be there. Kansas City. I know mm-hmm. our friends uh, Dustin and all the cast Tape from Tapehead. Yes. Yeah, they're going to be there. It's going to be a fun weekend. There's going to be a lot of good stuff happening, and we are going to have our own table. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking to people, giving stuff away, I believe. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. going to have some giveaways. Yeah, looking forward to it. So, again, check out Slash and Bash Festival.com to pick up your tickets. Come and say hi to us. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Now, Looking forward to next, Friday Night's Fright, which we will be here, is a film that we saw during the Panic Film Festival, feels like many moons ago. Yeah. But we've been a fan of this director's work for quite some time. Uh, in fact, Psycho Gorman was probably one of the biggest surprises of last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be watching Stephen Kostansky's The Void. Oh, I'm so excited for this one because this one... It's fuckery. This one, <laughs> this one is great. It's all practical. Oh, so much practical. Um, I mean, it was it was kickstarted around practical practicality. Yeah. yeah, and it's gory. All mm. the monsters are very unique. It's so weird. And the best way I can describe it, if John Carpenter made a Hellraiser movie, it's fantastic. Yeah. It takes everything you love of John Carpenter and then throws in a little Clive Barker. But with the Kostansky kind of Astron Six feel, right. yeah. So <laughs> exactly that takes you exactly. So it is a blast to check out. Now the other repertory screenings that are happening on the weekend of the twenty sixth. Uh, I love it when Screenland gets classy, as they are going to be showing the Three Colors trilogy by Christoph Kilzowski, Mm-hmm. Which. I've seen those. Oh yeah, I I can't. I don't even know what they're about. I, honestly, <laughs> you can even ask me now. Hey, you want to see? It? I'm like, I'm cool. I'm gonna go watch something with like guts and gore. Back in my far more video days, it rented well, and the distinct VHS color colors. They were the colors, yeah. and then one face in them, but. We had classy clientele, I think. Yeah, so see, ha- I'm not classy. <laughs> you like what you like. You know what you would like, genius. Huh. On the 27th, the latest Carpenter Fest of the first one we're going to be missing in quite some time. I know. I'm going to be very upset. But again, if you're not in Topeka, make sure you're checking it out. Uh, Now, the lineup is pretty phenomenal. I understand they're all 4K restorations. Ooh. Yes. So it's going to kick off with 1982's Escape from New York. Ooh. A goodie. A number one. We're then going to go into, I believe, 1996's Escape from L.A., mm-hmm. which this is the one I'm bummed I'm going to miss because I've never seen that on the big screen. Neither have I. I would like to see that on the big screen. And I've always, I know it's really maligned, and a lot of that is through the CGI in it, which is pretty rough for that time. And it's kind of goofy. 
But if you approach it kind of like how Tarantino and Rodriguez approached their Grindhouse movies. It's a lot of fun. It's like John Carpenter made a Grindhouse movie. Because it, out. It's, I'm going to do something funny. You, you want to see Snake Surf? You want to see some basketball? Of course you Oh, care. my God, like the, the basketball, basketball scene. It's it's just all that and then hey, something. Then you like Bruce Campbell? You like do you like Pam Greer? Right. It's everyone. It's he's got Steve Buscemi. It's he replaces Ernie everyone Ford. in Escape from New York with somebody else. Some an eighties character actor to like a nineties character actor. And it's wonderful. But then they're gonna be closing with nineteen eighty eight's They Live, which prescient then, prescient now. Scarily prescient then. Oh my god. And Buck Flowers. I hope I hope someone at Carpenter Fest, when Buck Flowers shows up, just like in our honor, like Buck, Buck Flowers, or maybe like all of a sudden have like an out of body experience and like you inhabit Buck them flowers, and then like, well, this is the rare film where he actually gets to go from rags to riches. <laughs> it's really kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, it is. Instead of wearing a checks in the mail hat, a la like Blood Games or whatever, to like in the tuxedo, in the tuxedo, let's you guys get down with the program. Watch like the the soldiers of uh, the PKE meters. Oh goddamn, goddamn it! Love the movie. And it, I mean, mm-hmm. a movie that literally ends with a middle finger, right? And has probably one of the great endings. It's it's Carpenter at his all time punk rock and just anti Reagan, anti authority, just fucking killing it. This yep. movie is a fucking gem. So check that out. Now that being said, that's happening indoors. Outdoors, the last on this Saturday, the last outdoor screening uh, for in the back backyard there the back lot uh we've got baz lerman's romeo and juliet Ooh, i like baz lerman movies and i saw that in the theater i i enjoyed that movie i had the soundtrack i think every i've seen that really really wow. and uh i've heard that I, really? I i know most of i know the claire danes the leo dicaprio you've got um the pest himself yeah john leguizamo killing it in paul Servino. And uh, the music, I know the soundtrack, mm-hmm. just never got around seeing it. It's good. It's I've good heard it's it. wonderful. I, You know what? Honestly, my first adaptation was the one with Olivia Hussey, so mm. that's going to be my favorite. But well, you see, one... hello, hello, uh, hello, hello. Here's the problem, though, is we saw that in elementary school. In elementary school. school. And oh. there are Whoa. There are boobs in it. Yeah. And it's Olivia Hussey. So, so they're, they're, they're... our shock when I go back to see Black Christmas and, you know, it, it, again. And she's got that mono shirt going on. Fucking Targo, the master, wouldn't approve of Romeo. Boop, 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 boop. A lot of cognitive dissonance regardless. <laughs> but anyway, fucking Romeo and Juliet is worth your time. In fact, I'll go to bat. I have I have yet to see the Elvis movie. However, it's, I am cool it's with Baz Luhrmann. I'm down with Baz Luhrmann, actually. It's a weird one. I didn't realize Tom Hanks was Curl and Tom Parker in like this... Weird I, fat suit? Yes. It's, it, was, it was unsettling. It was unsettling. And but, the German accents... It should be noted, uh, I know that Romeo and Juliet is one of uh, the goth gangster princesses, uh, Jill Gavargazion's favorite films. Because it's fucking rad. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, if you are hearing all the goodness that's happening at Screenland, and you're like, man, that sounds like a pretty cool place. I, I could see why you guys would hang out there. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, but I don't live there, but I'd kind of like to help support, because it is a mom and pop local business. Small yeah. business, local mm-hmm. Very much Kansas City, North Kansas City. Well, it turns out there are a number of ways you can help. And if you, if you live in the area as well, you can do this. Uh, first, you can go to ScreenlandOnline.com, where you can run a number of films from them directly, or even better, become a member of their film family by going to Patreon.com Screenland, where amongst their many perks, 
we offer a little uh, movie watch party called the Shutter Shoutout. And boy, oh boy. <sighs> now, is that the mating call or is that the distress call? Is the distress. <sighs> the mating calls. <sighs> At least well, according to Henry Silva. As it turns out, on Saturday, August 27th, we will have our latest Shutter Shoutout. This We're... is going to be rad! And from the get-go, when I realized that both of these titles were available, I knew we were going to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're cashing in Alligator August with Alligator and, and uh, Alligator 2, the mutation. Of which we're going to be returning to Alligator, but Alligator 2 is going to be a first time viewing for at least me. And me. Excellent. This is what I like. Yeah. Something familiar and then something new. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly... And Alligator 1 is the shit. Dude, Alligator 1 is one of the best creature features. Dude, it's grand. It's hilarious. There's some proper good scares, it's, and it's charming as shit. It's John. Sa- it's a John Sayles script. Uh, you've yeah. got, I think, Louis Teague directing. So you've got really good pedigree behind that. I mean, this is something that is just a little bit adjacent to like a Joe Dante which, of course, we would get with, like, right. Piranha. 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 Now, of course, both of those films are streaming on Shudder, but by joining the film family, you're going to have access to a little thing that, Genius, what do you call it? It's the home game. Where we are going to be providing you a customized pre-show, uh, introduction where Genius and I give a little uh, cool facts and context with the films. We're going to tan the leather. Ugh. Oh. Oh. You'll have a customized trailer reel for each movie. And of course, based on the tanning the leather comment, provocative post-film discussion. (laughs) Ah, So if that sounds like something you'd be into, head on over to patreon.com slash screenland. But genius, if we're talking Patreon and film family. He bellies. We have our own little film family going on at Patreon. And by joining at the one... This, the, the lowest tier, the squiddly diddly. Mm-hmm. You're going to have access to the Shutter Shoutout. Uh, you're also going to have access to my thoughts on the recently released Orphan First Kill. Ooh. Are you going to see it? Yes. Okay. Because I like Orphan a lot, actually. Have you watched the trailer for it? A little bit. Do you know who's also in it? Julia Stiles. I, I didn't know that going in. Really? So it was a nice surprise. I like Julia Stiles. Dude, there are ten reasons I love this movie. It is <laughs> so... It takes like I, so when I first heard about it, I was skeptical. How how are you gonna get that girl ten years, 10 later, years later in a prequel? Right, and no Tarkin towning. So they said they were going to use shadows, force perspective. It works hmm. in a, such a great way, but this movie takes a turn, and it's a delicious turn, and it's one of those that I hope more people go out and check this one out. I know it is still playing at Screenland. This one's well worth your time. Nice. It's, I want to check it out. It, it looks cool. It, it is definitely well worth your time. Uh, now, of course, if you join any of the upper tiers, if you go to the I've Seen That tier, uh, you're going to be able to hear our thoughts on the recently released Prey, mm-hmm. which, my goodness, I'm. it's still getting a lot of love. Like, across the, the, the like, the internet, the Duly interwebs, so. actually, all, a lot of people dig it. Duly so. And you know what? Did you see, like, the day after we recorded the episode when we were talking about men, they should put it in oh. feudal Japan and shit like that? Boop! And I'm like, it's the hive mind. Because that would be fucking rad! Dude, putting Predator into the different time. I would like to see Predator versus, like, 20s gangsters. Absolutely. I'll see them versus the first thing that crawled out of the primordial, primordial ooze. Predator versus dinosaurs? Fuck I'm all yeah. for it. I'm all for it. Well, that's... It's simple. 
Mm-hmm. It works. It works. Don't need to come complicate things. And you know what? Uh, fucking, oh. they shouldn't have uh, the girl. There's no way that a non-warrior woman is going to be able to take down the Yaja. Fuck you. Fuck Mura you. is awesome. Yeah. Right. Uh, Mid-Thunder, yeah, she is Ember incredible. Ember Mid-Thunder's fucking rad. Ever since Legion, and I've been the, a fan. And then the dog performance. Like, yeah. Probably the best performance yeah. in cinema so far this year. Mm-hmm. Incredible, incredible. Now, if you go to the uh, Another Time or Another Place tier, you're going to have access to uh, a number of commentaries. And let's just say we haven't announced it officially, uh, but the next commentary will scare the, the hell, hell out, out of you. you. <laughs> Uh, all that and then some more. So head on over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead. Come join us for a good time. Don't make us a widow on our wedding night. Genius! <laughs> I can't even begin to try to. T- we made you! <laughs> well, you know what? Quite honestly, if, if you didn't see it in the feed, you knew right? it was coming somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't know what we're talking about now, fucking buckle up, because it's going <laughs> to be a wild ride. <laughs> well, speaking of a wild ride, man, this entire mm-hmm. month has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we've covered killer car films before, but never an entire month devoted to it. Right. And when putting together kind of the playlist, there were a number of movies that I knew we I wanted us to talk about from the car to Christine, to The Wraith. But there was one film that at least I knew initially I had never seen that I've probably, I've seen that my way through a conversation with you maybe. And we probably, I see, it was one of those, I've seen that back and forth. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Spielberg, oh yeah, 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 yeah. With that, yeah, oh yeah, that sounds right, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure to do it justice. <laughs> right. And actually take it in because. It's, it's his first, it's the big one. And, Welcome back, Steven Spielberg, to the podcast, Mm -hmm. of which we talked last year, uh, we talked Jaws, Mm -hmm. of which I'm pretty sure... Shit, you could probably go back to that episode. We probably I seen that back and forth talking duel. by the duel, same the thing. influence of Duel and how it was very much a warm up for Jaws. Yeah, because when you go into this, you see the early imprints of a lot of stuff with Spielberg. Oh yeah, and one thing I just genuinely love with him is from the from the get-go he's always been a fanboy and there's that generation of filmmakers that came out of the 70s uh, Spielberg Coppola Lucas um, De Palma that wore their influences on their sleeves and were not ashamed of it yeah and just embraced being genre filmmakers and that's Spielberg no matter he'll throw in sneaky horror Oh yeah, and some and of it's not even sneaky. No, no, some of it is. Some like, of it is like straight oh, up, like just... holy shit, that's scary. I mean, because first of all, anybody who says that Jaws is not a horror movie is not paying attention. Same thing with uh, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Jurassic Park, that's a hundred percent a horror movie. Yeah. Munich, in all intents and purposes, can play like a horror film. War of the World. Jesus. Oh. Saving Private Ryan. Absolutely. That first opening, that the siege of God Omaha. damn, oh, that is a Lord. scary ass thing. So no, he is <laughs> well versed in, in how to scare people. And especially because he puts well, lot except for like Jurassic Park and Saving Private Ryan, he has very like uh, down to earth characters that you oh, can yes. relate to. And some of his shots are beautiful and and everything seems normal until you throw this monster, for lack of a better term, in it. He enjoys bringing 
that chaos into suburbia. But he's got more of a controlled chaos. His chaos is not like the Dante where it's just madness everywhere. It's he's more focused. Yeah. He's more like the Michael Myers of horror where he's like, I'm going to use one thing. I'm going to scare it. And this is what it's going to be. It's effective. Yeah. It's effective throughout his entire career. And you can kind of focus a lot of the films with one central thing. Or if you were to th- if you think Jurassic Park. It's the T-Rex. The T-Rex. Yeah. You think Jaws. It's the Jaws. It's, it's the it's Jaws. Bruce, yeah. yeah, it's Bruce. It's Jaws. It's a land shark. You th- Candy Graham. <laughs> but throughout his great Empire of the Sun, I think of Christian Bale running up those stairs, mm-hmm. right? There are he's got though he's got just this incredible eye. And shit, throughout the movie, there were times I'm like, oh, he's he's doing the frame within the frame. Like from the get-go. And what's crazy is technically we have talked um like uh, made for TV movies mm-hmm. before when we talk it with Into the Mouth of March Madness, but this is technically the first time we've devoted an entire episode, episode to a uh, made for TV movie. And for those of you that never existed without cable, oh, it was a big deal. The TV movie of the week, bum, 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 bum. shit. I remember when CBS used to do their things that it was an occasion because yeah. you had four main channels and then a couple of offshoots that just showed reruns and if you were in if you were lucky you could maybe tune them in with the rabbit ears Mm -hmm. we we were very i don't want to say we were very spoiled as we are we were very thankful for whatever we got back in the day because when we got cable then the chain it was a whole chain game changer mind blower but before that we're like Okay, it was whatever four, five, nine. nine. That was the main. That was good. There's your three. Yep. Okay, and then there was nineteen. Was the public PBS? PBS. Then you had forty-one and sixty-two. 62. Yeah. So, oh my goodness, that's yeah. all the channels you had. All the channel and all the forty-one. No, all that sixty-two played was. Oh no, you had fifty, but that was the Hallelujah channel. And so, like, so I avoided that one. <laughs> me too. Right. And so <laughs> and so all 62 would play back in the day was uh, reruns of like Beverly Hillbillies and shit. So so weirdly enough, people got their cinematic education with these made for TV movies, which were a big deal because it was something that they were. It was instead of going to the movies, stay at home, mm-hmm. be familiar with a channel that you're you're accustomed to movies at home. And shit, I remember when they would like bring sitcom stars together and they would like we'd have michael j fox and nancy mckeon starring in shenanigans together right you're like oh not quite a crossover episode but i'll watch it i'll watch I, it I, I like michael j fox i like nancy mckeon <laughs> but mrs garrett oh boys oh. <laughs> trucks well that's just it then we take steven spielberg looking to make a name for himself which very much his first feature film you've got richard matheson writing the script from a short story that he penned in Playboy back in the day. And anyone not familiar with Richard Matheson, uh, prolific Twilight Zone writer, mm-hmm. uh, I Am Legend is his, uh, Omega, so again, all the extra the extrapolations Megan, yeah. from that. Um, he wrote the, uh, what is it, the 20,000 Terror, 20,000? 20, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? No, 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 no the one with um, William Shatner in the show and then Lithgow and the... Uh, the Twilight Zone segment. Oh, Terror 20,000 Feet. Yes, that one. He's he's responsible for all that. So you take uh, fledgling Spielberg, an established Matheson, and an ABC movie of the week, and then you get... It's a killer car movie. 
Right. And I can With only no ima- rhyme, no reason. No, no. And I can only imagine because this is long before we were around. But being the family, I was ter- there were points in this movie. I was legit had anxiety shit yeah me too i was thinking the same thing while we're watching i was thinking i can't even believe a bunch of kids sitting around back in or a family sitting around back in 1971 just fucking glued mesmerized and just terrified what's going on because we're looking at it in jaded 2022 (laughs) eyes right (laughs) can you imagine like innocent doe-eyed like Oh no! 1971 families. Well, I'm not saying everything was innocent back then, but oh, it yeah. sure as fuck wasn't the same as it is now. God no! And just imagining the kinder trauma involved. In fact, when we saw, when, <laughs> when we saw kids in the school bus, we looked at each we're other like, like oh shit! Like because I was like, oh oh, well, it's Steven Spielberg. But then you're like, ah, Jaws, Jaws and yeah. I'm like, well, that's D- true. Don't forget the kid and their kid and the poor Pip. I didn't find that funny at all. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and I'm like, uh oh, well, we already had a bunch of kids getting taken out did this earlier this month oh my god and the fact that he endangers little kids he's endangering older people as well he's endangering a lot of older people fucking reptiles um fucking truck stop shenanigans all sorts of shit that he's endangering it's it's kind of incredible and <laughs> for 1971 for a tv movie right because i was transfixed there was times where i was like fuck get off of the road now fucking walk hitchhike Fucking, you're you're in a safer truck with large Marge than you are with this truck right here. Well, what's what's kind of great is the fact that with the car and Christine, we basically got driverless killer cars mm-hmm. um, that they're possessed either by Satan, by a bad spirit, switch to evil. With the Wraith, number one, the protagonist, the rare you know feature in the this good one, killer car, the good killer car, but someone behind the wheel. Uh huh. And here in Duel, we have someone behind the wheel. But as far as I know, no like supernatural sci-fi shenanigans. Right. This but is... he's focused on killing this one person because tons of people. He stops to help the kids, right? Oh. And and like there's tons of people that goes around. But and he didn't actively try to attack anybody else but that dude. Yep. It's just like fuck. I'm going after that guy. They they talk about that trucker like he's just a pillar of society. Because he he portrays that it's so freaking funny. Um, the we've talked about kind of what the the variety of the automobiles throughout. The Steven Spielberg actually had an audition for the trucks, like he wanted a specific type and aesthetic. It works because it looks like a prototype for it looks like the Jeeper Creepers trucks grandfather, but just like. The grandfather who's big and giant and better, like uh, in Big Man Japan. But because this truck looked monstrous. It looked menacing, yeah. Without being like having the green goblin face. It just looked like a very mean, giant truck. And the way he filmed, the way it shot, it almost harkened to Lucas's Death Star opening. Mm -hmm. But just also you're like, God damn, that truck is massive. And it's moving, too. That's the scary thing to see it fucking barrel down to you. Fucking, I'm not the biggest driver. I don't like driving, yeah. right? I don't like driving at all, actually, especially when it comes to inclement weather. And fucking before that, fucking one time, um, I'm sitting on my car broken down on the side of the K10. This truck, roam semi, fucking bowls me over, and I'm a big dude. So the fact that he's going fast enough to bowl me off of my car, and every and everything is moving. 
I get terrified when I get surrounded by trucks because I'm like, man, one false move from either one of us, I'm fucked. Well, that's the, that's what's interesting because the, of the first three films we talked about, there is some malevolent spirit guiding things. This is the one film where it's just a man. bad dude. Yes, yeah, could happen to any one of us. You, driving over here, I was very conscious of trucks and other automobiles and thinking about what weird slight would have to happen for someone to become possessed, focused on you. And we see it every day now. Right. You know, that's the Somebody scary snaps. Thing. Yes. And just goes bonkers. And that's the bad thing. Like, So if it's, if the cars become sentient and kills everybody, like in Maximum mm-hmm. Overdrive, okay, cool. Not cool, but like, if I get ran over by a fucking steamroller, I understand <laughs> why. If Christine, if I slighted somebody bad again, I understand right. why. Same thing with this. This one, yeah. Dude didn't do anything wrong. He, The only thing he did, and he didn't even do it wrong. The guy was going, the truck was going super slow in the lane. Nobody else around. He's like, all right, cool. He turned his signal. Yep. Flashed his lights. Went around and did it like, okay, cool, no harm, no foul. Chuck knows they're going fucking slow, right? Next thing you know, he catches the ire of, like, Big Bubba Billy or whoever because we never find out who the fuck is the driver. And that's one thing I loved about yes. this one, especially when they play that, that that one scene where they, like, the fact that he every step this guy takes, the trucker is right there to undermine him or to make him like to gaslight him or to fuck him and everything up. Yeah, the truck driver's playing chess while he's playing checkers. There right. is no doubt about it. Because the guy doesn't know what the fuck is he and like you said, what did he do to piss this guy off? Well, now I'm worried about fucking truckers on there, especially in the seventies, because seventies oh. truckers, not to say they're a different breed, but like <laughs> Fucking 70s truckers, because back in the day, it was all about the truckers. I mean, there was songs about them, movies about them. Truckers were working class gods. Absolutely. I mean, and to this fullest extent, if you're a trucker out there listening, God bless you, because you're doing the Lord's work. Honk, 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 right? Did you ever do that as a kid? Oh, fuck. I still do it as a dad. When I know when I'm the passenger, if I'm in Dustin's big ass monster mobile, yeah. Do you remember the joy it inspired when they do it? Hank, hank. Especially on the school bus when, like, all the kids, yeah, Multiple ones. Right? God, imagine a time when something as simple as that could just make your day. Right? And imagine, I wonder if, like, they felt good about it. Like, you know what? Kids are Hey, we got a great big convoy. Ain't she a beautiful (laughs) sight? Right? But And and truckers are still fucking rad, but now you're worried about them because they're over. I'm worried about truckers because they're overworked. And they have to like do terrible shit to themselves to make the deadlines to get paid, especially when some of these truckers, they're independent contractors, which means the main companies don't have to pay for shit for them. It's terrible, bad news. So like I always feel bad. Because I don't want like a trucker to like all of a sudden OD on pet pills and fucking snap and decide to run me off the road. Well, yeah, I, so I'm almost, always cool with truckers. I always let them go. Like, all right, cool. I'm gonna go around. I'll be. I'll let you let you pass, man. Thank you for your service. Yeah, honk honk. Well, it, beg, it begs the question: Is this isn't his first time? This is basically him goading the next victim. Oh yeah, because you can tell by the age of the truck, and it is a the truck itself is. A 1955 Peterbilt 281, which 
Sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. And it, but, but it looks like it's already got blood and shit all over. That's the, just it. It looks. It almost looks like a, a well seasoned skillet. Yeah. You've had. You've cooked many things mm. on there, and there's just a lot of flavor in uh-huh. it. Uh huh. You can't get some of that stains off, but you don't want to. There's gristle. Exactly. In the gristle trunk and of that hood. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> it's the old ninety six. I'm surprised they don't have like tally marks on the sign on the shit. <laughs> How many people he's killed? This is not his fucking first no, rodeo. No. And the way that you actually actually get i really like the very beginning of the film before we even get to all that the pov of him just his daily drive yes and very reminiscent of what we get with jaws in terms of you know the shark entering the waters it's him entering the jungle again Mm -hmm. from the safety of his home into the wild and i'm glad that we started with the car because it was something familiar and just based on kind of like the landscape and the way it's shot a lot of parallels i think Mm -hmm. with duel um, especially just kind of the isolation that you feel. The desert surrounding. Oh, yeah. Terrifying. The gorgeous sunset. But this one's a little bit more populated than like. Oh, yeah. We, we we get a number of people in here, which is kind of funny because we get the entirety of Chuck's Cafe and the like the rogue gallery of regulars there mm-hmm. that looked like almost out of like the outback. But. It's huge. Chuck's Cafe is enormous. It is way bigger. You said it's called the TARDIS of the cafes. It is. It's Chuck's Cafe and Amusement Hall because, like, it looks like a small diner, but you go in, there's pool hall in one room, <laughs> dinery in another room, more seating in another room. There's a fish tank in ba- another room. There's all Banquet sorts- hall probably in the back. Right. There's fucking probably showers. There's probably dirty arcade. And there's there's the dirty arcade where it's kind of like regular games and it's kind of, it's kind of the floor sticky. Mm-hmm. And then there's the dirty arcade. I'm shocked we didn't pass through a beaded curtain as we were going through Chuck's. It almost looked like like Sam Raimi was shooting it mm-hmm. at a certain point, which it was fluid. But again, that's the stuff we get with Spielberg. Mm-hmm. It's those early flourishes that you're like, ah, this is this is really watchable for like a made for TV film. Yeah, it's that stuff that he's elevating, but for also. And the, ten, of, the tense oh, of his inner monologue when he's at that diner back in Chuck's yep. and he's trying to decipher who is the, the person the that's person. been menacing him. Mm-hmm. And, and he's wrong every fucking turn. And it's just like, wah, wah. It's, it's that whole when keeping it real goes wrong. <laughs> and he's got that whole issue when he talks to his wife, that conversation they have. And I don't know if it's like, uh, again, early 70s machismo stuff, but like a challenge to his manhood where he said he was he should have confronted someone. Mm-hmm. And that's where like the fight stemmed from. So I think that's whole thing has been kind of driving him literally through the film and him thinking like, oh, what a story I'm going to have for the wife that I confronted this guy. Well, I, I you know what? I've been in that place, man. I should have said that, you know, I'm like, God oh, damn it. I shouldn't have said that. And you're not even thinking about it. And then next thing you know, you're being berated by a giant truck. I could see where, like, okay, yeah, I confronted these demons, and mm-hmm. yeah, but I'm more of like, man, you should have seen the shit I just survived. I wouldn't be grateful. I wouldn't be like, I confronted the demons, and I'd be like, ha ha. I got a story. Of, you can't believe it. How many times? Not even anything remotely that close, that bad has happened to me. I'm like, man, you can't even believe what happened to me today. And this guy's got a story to tell his buddies for years, and, and nobody's gonna believe him. No, that's what's that's the best part. Except some random snake lady and some old people at a truck stop. There's 
my God, there's so much menacing happening from from Dennis Weaver's character to all the other denizens. Uh, the fact that we were very upset. Who's paying for the fence? I know he runs into. He's very entitled. This guy. He is. Because we were even talking about who's the, who actually is the true villain. Yeah. Right. Because he runs into this fence. First of all, I got to give him credit where credit's due. Good, some good driving. driving around those <laughs> obstacles and shit. I'm like, nice, because I'd be behind the wheel. Right? White knuckling it, man. Exactly. And so he, vroom, but boom, tore up a whole chain link, or a whole picket, white picket fence. And it was a tall one. It was taller than his car. So it was a good, at least about a good six foot high, eight foot high fence. Picket, wood, 70s wood, right? So is that, never mind. Oh, no, yeah. So. And not only that, but then he goes in and chucks, knocks over that dude's sandwich, eats oh. his sandwich, drinks his drink, knocks over the dude's beer, and then leaves without paying. And I'm pretty sure he ordered off menu. Like yeah, he that did. She, that Swiss on rye, R-Y-E. R-Y-E. Oh. What other kind of fucking rye do they think talking he's talking about? the flow. You, right. You do not do that. Now, I'm surprised like the driver wasn't flow. We keep saying he's behind the wheel. We might be assuming. We, should, we shouldn't like assume his bias. Exactly. We should assume his pronouns. He might be. The, the dri- truck driver might be flow. Kiss my grits. Honk, honk. Driving, this is, that's what you call tipping? He's like he's been following this guy all the way from like for years. Just stirring. And this is just revenge. The slightest slight, man. <laughs> Be it a bad tip, no tip, the dining dash, it doesn't matter. Oh, my God. Here's the problem, though. Who the hell's going to remember Mel's Diner? I know, right? There's or even... a new girl in town. <laughs> oh, good Then Lord. it changed to Alice's. It did change to Alice's. Oh, my Lord. Okay, so going from Chuck's Cafe, we then get, again, more menacing going on the road. And the shots of the acceleration... Again, the, the 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 frame within the frame. There's this one where he, he's got the truck perfectly in the back window. I like the one where he's got the tr- where he yeah the the back rear passenger window oh just right there, just it, peeping out. It reminds me in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two when Jenny's running down the the hill and you see Jason in the window, then making his way down as well. Love that stuff. And there's they've been doing car pictures for quite some time. I know George Miller didn't invent a lot of that stuff, but that low to the ground angle on yeah. the sides. It's a cool shot. Ah, it's a cool effect. It's, and especially when you see something barreling down on you in the background. It's another great shot is when he's driving and he thinks he's bested him because he's been going like 60 the whole time while the guys, while the truck's trying to come up going like 40. Oh yeah. Right? Up the, the, the grain. But then all of a sudden you just see the truck bum, 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 Right up on his ass, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! It makes you react like little uh, chickens coming out of the bushes. Yeah, and you're just like, Good God! Like, what the fuck? Because it comes out of nowhere, and he, and another. So he's scary from far away because he's little coming up close. And when he comes out of nowhere, and like, it's, it's right on your ass. Like, all you see is grill in the in the rear view. It's terrifying. It's like that's his like doodly doon. The car was a slasher. Yeah. He was waiting. There was times yeah. where he was like, all right, cool, waiting for him. Mm-hmm. And I liked another aspect of the one menacing thing is when he backed the truck up right up to the car where he was like, I could kill you right now if I want to, but that's a warning. Don't involve anybody else. And then just kind of drives off. And he scares away that old floor herald. Every side character was 
funny they in were, this one. They were ridiculously funny because I'm not saying that they were like hayseeds and yokels because they weren't. They were just regular folks, but they were just like goofy regular folks they were odd regular folks like oh i think it's whiplash son let me jostle your neck a little bit more let, 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 let me check where else you got injured on like dude he's like get off me get off me it's it's almost as if he realized like the best staple of like a larry cohen or hennen lauder film are going to be those side characters people? yeah and that's the stuck that stiffs out there sticks out because you need that like little bit of a break in between the driving scenes just because, again, of the menace and the terror and the anxiety that kicks in. So when you get that little bit of levity like that, it's it's welcomed. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're only just you're just staving off the inevitable. You know, this initial confrontation. Like what? But, what, what speaking of that's funny and hilarious. What if the gas station guy is a uh, oh, fill it up with Ethel. And he goes, eh, well, as long as Ethel will let me and I'm like. <laughs> He had timing. Yeah, he, he had some, like, even the physicality yeah. of how he... Because, you know, he said that a million times. Because in anybody who's worked in the service industry, you got your stick, you got your laugh, you got your joke, like, eh, you know? So, yeah, he's, he said that a million times. It got a good giggle out of you. It got a great giggle out of me. I'm always one <laughs> for um, retail puns. I've, I'll always laugh, even if... Well, you talked about the weirdness of Chuck's Cafe and that it had, like, the pool table and all the multitude. At that gas station, there was the laundromat connected to it. Yeah, it was. There Which... was a laundromat and gas station. And that was at Chuck's, though, too. No, no, it was the other one. It was the yeah, first one. it was the first one. And then the other gas station fucking had a reptile house attached to it. No, I've never been to... Well, there, so this movie, it again, beautifully shot, and a lot of it has to do with the location. Um, so they filmed on the Sierra Highway, uh, Agua Dulce Canyon Road, uh, Sol Soledad Canyon Road, and Ang Angles Forest Highway. And, I mean, it's beautiful, but I'm just imagining in the early 70s when you – we don't have the – we don't have the modern stuff now. First, I'm going to start with the eyes. We were wondering when we were going to run into Yuck Connors on this road trip. <laughs> because it looks like that's the kind of stuff that could exist. In another movie, there's a snake mutant that that lady keeps in the back. That was her son that was with the snake or some shit like that. <laughs> and when like when tourists come and run a file of her, she slices up and feeds her to a snake boy. In fact, we don't even that could be happening in this movie right now. We don't know it because you saw how, no, not my snakes, but snake you know i mean like so maybe snake boys still in the basement and then yeah but it looked it was creepy it was great it was great but, but it, i've been to one of those when i was younger and honestly if there was now if it was way off of nowhere i would at least nowadays i would like okay there's a tourist trappy looking thing let me check yelp reviews and see if there's <laughs> hours and stuff you know but back now oh, this that, back then yeah you rolled the dice of course i was like little when they're like, oh, let's go see the reptile house before like a lot of horror movies were entered mm -hmm. my world. And like there was nothing else to do, you know, so like, cool, who snakes and tarantulas and let's and, and beef turkey. OK, <laughs> awesome. Well, and I'm wondering, like with a modern audience, it's just just go to your phone call the police but this is way so long before all those well like the snake anemones. like the snake lady said she's, what's happening she's like call the police on what that was my own phone damn it and so like uh, and the fucking build up to that phone booth scene my god they there are so many shots where i know as soon as they cut 
the film. They probably cut the action and slowed everything down. But man, there are so many boom momentum. Like someone's gonna get hit. Yeah, and they just cut at the precise mode. Uh, now, even before that, though, the school bus scene. You talk about a guy again. He's ha- he's bringing. I think again, bringing a lot of this on himself. Inevitably, again, who is the real true antagonist here? But the day he's had at this point. Now imagine. Having a bunch of little snot-nosed kids. Fuck those kids. Making fun of you, just just laughing at you, My- sticking their tongues out, making faces. Michael Jordan said it best. Fuck them kids. <laughs> like fucking... <laughs> because here's the thing. First of all, fuck them kids and fuck the bus driver for two reasons. One, the bus driver... Come on, man. You can... Do- Look, no. It's too low. I'm gonna get stuck. I'm telling you, I can't do it. Just help me out. There's a fucking guy there. Get the kids back on the bus. Oh, come on, man. Help me out. And sure enough, he gets fucking stuck, right? And then... Well, I gotta get... It's hilarious, though. The way the bus driver kind of, like, sheepishly creeps out from behind the bus once the thing gets stuck, like... Um, sorry, dude. But he, he and that gas station attendants kind of stole the film in a lot of <laughs> yeah, ways. It did, but fucking then he's like, fucking get those kids off the bus and get the kids on the bus and get the kids off the bus and then those kids, hey, 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 you loser, get, get unstuck. I'd be like, fuck you guys, let this truck hit me and with the car. Hope y'all burn, right? Because <laughs> and he takes off, leaving them behind. You got the truck truck coming through that that tunnel. The lights popping on and everything. So terrifying, but makes a nice little U-turn. And what does he do? He helps the kids out of the thing. So, like, I was like, the trucker's heart grew three sizes that day. So, so far, who's the real villain of the story? The Dine and Dasher property destroyer or the truck that helps out school children? They could write a story about fable that. about this like the truck no they're like you know those little golden books like the truck that helps out everybody like everybody gave the truck the bad rap and everybody thought he was mean because he was big and ugly and then one day when no other truck or no other car could get the poor school children out of the out of the way out of the mud who comes who comes all hope the and then everybody loves the truck yeah you weren't so big and ugly after all well you were but we love you now we all learned a lesson genius. exactly honk Honk, honk, honk. They call them Little Genius Golden Books right there. And like, I'll subscribe. There we go. <laughs> Read the book. But So, so far, <laughs> the guy's kind of the bad guy in this one. Until he destroys that poor lady's reptile house and her mutant son. <laughs> Alleged mutant son. We did not see right. the mutant. <laughs> we then build up to a train sequence of which this Multiple is... Multiple train sequences. Yes. And this is, this is one of those that kind of gives me a nightmare. Of being slowly pushed into the trains. Yes, yeah. me too. Every time I'm stuck at that, I'm like, man, what if somebody pushes me? Or I, you know, I'm stuck. I can't move. Oh, a yeah, guy that... loses his brakes mm. and, and like and just put rams me into a train. The fuck? I it's, hate crossing trains. It's like your face getting close to a meat grinder or mm-hmm. something. It's just or not... a big industrial fan. Like you're like ah, and it plays perfectly. Again, just so simple. This this movie. It's a simple premise, simple execution, but minimal, and but I think that's why it works. Yeah, it's not overcomplicated, uh, and maybe that's why I think that going back to the simplicity of stuff. That's why we like to pray so much is you don't overcomplicate things. No, that's what you know. And I think this he probably tried to take this lesson into Jaws, but you know, mechanical shock shark will always complicate things. Uh, do we do we think this is like the cost of 
his trying to be a man and being a man, uh, just again that machismo kind of thing. I didn't see too much machismo played into it. I mean, uh, that maybe that's just my own personal slant on it. The only really machismo thing that I saw was or heard was the uh, guy talking about the census taker and him laughing on it. That was really the only thing that I was laughing. Uh, Head of the family, at, you know. I mean, I was just thinking, you know, him and his wife are having some issues, and he just feels kind of shitty right now. But also, like. He's having even a shittier day. I thought this was more of a random act of violence type thing as opposed to like, I couldn't see any like, you know, maybe I'm not seeing enough into it, but like him fighting anything with machismo. I just think it was like one, a guy doing something stupid, like I'm trying to get past you. And although, mm -hmm. again, again, he we wasn't were, doing yeah. anything wrong. Right. But then second, I think it was just, no, I don't think. I don't know. Maybe that's just not what no, I... No, no, no. Again, multiple ways that we can read into it. But unlike like with Christine and The Wraith, we said there's a lot going on more than just a killer car movie. There's definitely layers to that. Not a lot of layers. Although, you could again, you can definitely read a lot. But the baggage you bring, yeah. as it turns out. I really dug this one and even like with the ending and the way they build up to it. With uh, Chekhov's uh, radiator hose? Yes. And then the bait and switch pace, pest control. That was hilarious. That gave me a giggle. Oh, my God. That was a great giggle. Because I was like, oh, yeah, there's the cop. There's What's going to happen? Oh, nope. Like, every time this guy, he just was set up to fail. I think it was more not even overcoming his own machismo. I think it was him overcoming his own foibles. Because everything he did was wrong. Yeah. Like, from the get him dealing with his wife was wrong. That's why he felt guilty to apologize. As a Catholic, I've been there. <laughs> How many that. times where I've apologized on shit that I didn't shouldn't have to, right? Anywho, so one, there's that. And so he's like, man, I done fucked up. I fucked up with this. I'm going to be late. I'm already stressed out. I fucked up on that. I tried to do this, and I fucked. And then so finally, look, somebody's trying to kill me. No, you're stupid and crazy. Fuck fucked up on that is it this guy no you done fucked up damn it i'm gonna stop here and he's gonna wait for me my plan's gonna be foolproof fucked up god damn it right <laughs> i think it's more of him coming up like yes i finally got something finally got right it. i finally fucking did it i won i beat it and i'm myself again you know so i think it was like the human condition i want to say i'm a man again but at the same time like I know that there's been days where, like, every single fucking thing goes absolutely wrong. The last thing I need to fucking deal with is some maniac in uh, 18-wheeler. So, like, I would have the same reaction like he did, jumping around like, everything's coming up Millhouse. <laughs> I, I beat this fucker. And, like... Well, and I found, I found it interesting that he inevitably had to get, play a game of chicken with him. Yeah. And instead of being chased, they finally then come together head on. Finally is a little bit of ahead of that guy, just in terms of his little thing with his briefcase. And then the whole slow motion crash. It was glorious. Oh, my Lord. The only thing that would have made it better was a boom. It, and because it was it was written on the side, man. Flammable. Explosions. Yeah, like I was anticipating that. But based on and then what I really dug was almost like in Halloween when we see where the shape has been. We just get these really interesting shots of the carnage of the truck and the car, or the aftermath. Mm -hmm. And you're almost half expecting, and he is too, like the guy to come out. Come of out it. and start Somehow chasing or him or something. Yeah. Fucking It Follows style or Mateus Hughes style. <laughs> oh, that Boom. Boom, 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 boom. Starts running after him. But another thing I liked, 
I thought was interesting is when the guy a couple because it happened multiple times in the movie. He got out of the car and was like, "Look, let's fucking do this. Why are you confronting me?" And would go after the guy, and, and then, then the just, trucker was like, "Nope." Yep. Not part of. I think there's because he's been doing this so long. You're not gonna goat me out of my. This is this is my game. These are my rules. And no, you don't get to see me. I get to be that embodiment of evil mm-hmm. that has no face. That could be anyone. Yeah. And that's the best part. That's the scary part of it. That's the wonderful scary part of it. Yeah, no, it's 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 the creepy stuff. So other thoughts uh, as we close out on Duel? Uh, no, a good stunt. We're good driving. Great when driving. He, when he hits that wall on that embankment. Oh, yeah, at the end. Oh, and that's some scary shit. Like, one t- when I was in Colorado, I was coming down the mountains one time, and my brakes started going out, so I had to oh, use no. one of those things. Oh, no. I was trying to, like, because you could hear my brakes, like, you could smell them, and I was going, like, 70, nice. 80, 90 miles an hour going down the mountain in Colorado, right? But I had to put on my brakes or I'd be going even faster. So, like, by the so time that's... I got down to the thing, my brakes were almost fucking shot. I barely had time. The good thing there was, like, a mechanic about, you have a like, Chuck's about... Cafe over there? Yeah, there was about, like, about a mile down the road so i just and like got my brakes repaired that's terrifying it was absolutely terrifying so that kind of not ptsd but when he went and like slid in there like whoo nicely done well done sir well and also it should be noted the score in this uh by billy goldenberg there were elements of a lot of percussion at the end Mm -hmm. and i know it wasn't steel drums but (laughs) commando it was almost hypnotic in a lot of the ways. Uh, a, a lot of psycho-esque strings, but mm-hmm. which worked for me well. I this one kind of met my what I was expecting. Me just too. In terms of the one that started Spielberg, uh, you know, a nice early killer car film. This has been just it's been a good month, man. This yeah. has been good. We will have to maybe look at it again. But I know starting next month. From the uh, the concrete of the highway to the fluid of the water. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> Going back to the ocean, a uh, little shark timber. Oh, yeah, a little shark timber. And Just when you thought it was safe to get back in September. <laughs> it's appropriate, though, given that we did talk Jaws for our very first shark timber. Mm-hmm. We're closing out our first killer car month with a Spielberg film, so a little bit of uh, bookending. Mm-hmm. I like that. Now, what film will we be talking about? Well, you'll just have to tune in to find out. And until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Honk, honk. Honk, honk.